This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. Hello again, Houdat Nation. It is great to be back with you on Black and Gold Rush. It's a slower time right now on the NFL calendar, so I hope you're unplugging a bit, maybe planning some vacation time before Saints training camp and football season start back up again. Believe me, it'll be here before we know it. Time goes by so darn fast. As for vacation time, my husband and I are planning a trip to Las Vegas for mid-August. I know it's going to be hot, but the timing just works perfectly. It'll be between my summer and fall semesters of graduate school. And I haven't been to Las Vegas in, gosh, over 10 years. And my husband has never been. So it's been on his bucket list for years now. So if you have any recommendations for places to eat or things to do in Las Vegas, definitely send them my way. Shoot me a DM. I would love to incorporate some listener recommendations into our trip. But on to today's episode. Since we just celebrated Father's Day, we're featuring a father with an awesome story. If you've been following since the beginning, you know my own dad is the reason why I adore the Saints. He took me to my first game when I was about six. And though the energy wasn't nearly how it is today, no playoff wins, no champion square, none of that. I was hooked on sports from that day forward. And now the Saints can contend because of what Sean Payton built. First with Drew Brees at the helm, now with his successor. Today's guest is not my dad. Maybe he'll be on the show one of these days, but it's another heroic dad. Joseph James is a former U.S. Marine and law enforcement veteran the owner and head dog trainer at Professional Canine Solutions, a motivational speaker and life coach, and a widowed father of three. I promise this has a New Orleans Saints connection, so just stick with me. Joseph and I actually met through a mastermind when I was learning how to do this whole podcast thing. And when I told the mastermind coach, Travis Chapel, who hosts a top business podcast called Build Your Network, the concept of the show I wanted to host, he put me in touch with Joseph because Joseph has trained several Saints players' dogs. And not just players, but also the Paytons, the Loomises, and even Mrs. Gail Benson. This is exactly the story I'm most eager to tell off the field, and inspiring. I mentioned Joseph is also a widowed father of three. His wife passed away from cancer about two years ago, just 22 days after his father's death. 22 days. With three kids, the youngest who was just one year old at the time, and running his own business. That takes real strength to move forward. You're going to hear Joseph explain how he's used his struggles, trauma, and pain to teach others how to understand their purpose in life. I've been listening to Joseph's podcast called Purpose Through Pain, and man, his motivation and resilience will stop you in your tracks. Especially if you're going through a hard time of any kind, give it a listen He reminds us that there's a reason for every pain we experience in life. No matter how excruciating, there's a reason for it. Or if you know someone suffering, just think about how you can help them. Empathy is our greatest asset as human beings. And I had the chance to be a guest on Joseph's podcast, Purpose Through Pain. 
And he's just an amazing human being. So I'm eager to share his story with you. We cover a lot of ground on today's show from training Saints dogs. He's essentially the official Saints dog trainer to advice for finding your own purpose through pain. Let's dive right in, shall we? And experience some true soul food for our lives this offseason with Nola's own Joseph James. Joseph, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so honored to be on. Well, so I mentioned how we connected through the podcast to Profit Mastermind. Travis Chapel said, Rachel, you have to interview Joseph. He trains Saints players' dogs. That's literally how he described you before <laughs> I saw your story goes a whole lot deeper and we'll certainly dig into it. So I have to ask, how did you get NFL clients at Professional Canine Solutions? Yeah. So I had, I worked for, I started dog training in 2015. Okay. And I worked for another franchise company uh, that no longer exists in this area. Okay. And it was just one of those companies just like, I worked for them for eight months and it was about seven and a half months too long. Okay. And one of my clients um, ran a, a restaurant business that had did some stuff for the saints. Okay. And he no longer, he, he does some different stuff. Um, and I can talk about that here in a minute, but we're, I'm at his house one day and he, they just, him and his wife had a new puppy, um, a blue healer. And they're like, how in the world do we get this dog to stop nipping at everybody? I'm like, well, welcome to a blue healer. That's what they do, you know? Okay. And, um, and so we just really hit it off. Okay. And this is when I'm still with the other company. And I, um, one day I'm over their house and he happens to be home and I'm, I'm kind of, he was a very approachable individual. Okay. And I'm just kind of venting to him in a very nonchalant way without being like, Hey, I'm trying not to act unprofessional by pouring out my heart to you, you know? And so I was just kind of sharing a little bit. And he's like, Joseph, he says, why don't you start your own business? He's like, you're good at training dogs. He's like, just start a business. I'm like, cause I don't know how, <laughs> you know, I knew aspects of a business. I knew certain things, but I'm like, I never ran a, my, my, my business previous to that was in firearms and self-defense and okay. I was great at instructing. That wasn't the problem. I didn't know how to run the business aspect. So eventually it, 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 you know, I switched over to dog training and things like that. And he just told me, he says, well, if you decide to do it, I'll help you because he's a business guru. That's what mm -hmm. I call him. Okay. And his niche is restaurants. Okay. But he knows business. Okay. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, let me think about it. And things just weren't getting any better at the company I was at. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know? And so one day he messages me and he says, Hey, let me know if you're serious about starting your own business because I've got your first client and I'm going to send them your way. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And I get on the phone with this gentleman and he was like one of the most humblest guys in the world. Okay. And it happened to be Zach Streif. Oh my goodness. Right? And so Zach is on the phone with me and he's not like, oh man, I play football. Do you know what I do? Da, 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 da. He's just like, oh, hey, listen, man, I'm going on a honeymoon and I'm getting married. Um, and, you know, and so I kind of started explaining him the process and things like that. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to need your time. You know, this is time invested that you have to have with your dog. You know, Riley, which was a great Dane at six mm -hmm. months old, weighed like 65 pounds, um, was solid, tall dog, you know, and um, he's like, and I knew who he was, but he came across the approach of like, man, I'm just an, I'm just an everyday guy like you. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. And he wasn't like this arrogant, you know, professional athlete. Right. And so we train, we started training his dog and then, you know, and, and Zach is a super nice guy, really, really humble, quiet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, his wife, you know, very quiet as well, very humble, uh, individual, and they just really took to what we were doing. And I'm like, of course, I, I went the extra mile with them, not because of they were Saints players, just because I'm like, I love doing this, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, if I'm going to start this business, I'm, I've really got to be, you know, involved in it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I trained their dog and they get back from their honeymoon. I get with them, spend some time with them. 
And there was a guy in the locker room that happened to be, uh, that had asked him about dog training. And uh, he's like, man, that lady that you sent me to, he's talking to Zach. He's like, man, it just wasn't any good. He's like, lady. He says, I didn't send you to no lady. He says, you got to call my boy, Joseph. Oh my he goodness. So once you me. were in with Zach, he was kind of your, the referral for he, you to the, he was, rest but he the was team. the quiet referral. Okay? okay. This one right here, this couple right here, it was the Kelamete, Sinio Kelamete. Okay. okay sure. I remember now him. just recently signed with the uh, San Francisco 49ers after playing mm-hmm. uh, uh, the last three years with the Texans. Yeah. Um, they had a pit bull named Marley. Okay. okay. And Marley is just the sweetest of sweetest dogs. It wouldn't hurt a bone in anybody's body. Okay. And they're like, listen, Joseph, we really need some help. You know, we want to be able to walk around the neighborhood without getting the stereotype of this dog's going to kill another dog or kill somebody or, you know, and so I was, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. And so I would go over their house and do private lessons and things like that. And Vana, I'm going to say her name because that's his wife. Um, mm-hmm. She was like all over Instagram and Facebook posting pictures about our dog and things like that. And that's how the word ultimately really just things just took off for us. And the next thing I know, I'm getting phone calls. People are asking me for my phone number. I'm getting um, uh, at the time it was his girlfriend, but now fiance, Skyline, uh, which is Sean's uh, coach Peyton's. Uh, okay, fiance. sure. Yeah. You know, she calls me up. It's like, oh, hey, we got two dogs and this and this and this. And then then it went to Mickey Loomis, Mickey and Melanie, you know, so you're like then, the the official saints dog trainer. Like, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's so funny because I don't, I don't use it like I should. Okay. I don't like take this and be like, Oh, we're all about saints players. And that's all who we train and things like that. I've never really used it in terms of a marketing tool. No, I because you serve some, more than that. Yeah. Cause I do serve more than that, you know? And, um, to me, my, aspect of my business was the, the, the key to growing my business was building relationships. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just training dogs. Okay. And, and when I say building relationships, I'm talking about, we developed family relationships with some of these players, you know, the, Kel- the Kelometes, I mean, just, um, they became family to us, you know, wow. we hang out at their house and they'd hang out and they're Samoans and they like to eat and I yeah. like to eat too. Okay. And I'm like, Hey man, let's, you know, during off season, like we, we can eat out all the time, you know? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> and, goodness. Uh, and so I would work with them and then it went to, uh, Brandon cooks, okay. you know, and of course he plays for, I think for San Diego now. And, um, you know, we trained his dog while we were here and then it went to some other, de- it went now it kind of switched from the offensive side to now the defensive side. And I've got Von Bell and okay. Ken Crawley, you know, and tight end Josh Hill and the way that way some of those happened was is Vana um, Calamete, mm-hmm. she had, she's like, hey, training camp is coming up and um, why don't you bring the kids? Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, and it happened to be, it just, the way this was crazy, the way this worked out. Okay. Now in training camp, they have a section for the fans. Okay. Yeah, and, sure. uh, uh, you know, outside audience and things like that, you know, and then they got the VIP and family section, right? Well, of yeah. course. I'm now part of the VIP and family section. Right. But at that time I had only trained two dogs from the saints. I trained Zach's mm-hmm. and I had trained the Kelometes. The Kelometes okay? Yeah. And a storm came. And so they canceled practice. Well, I actually just moved practice inside, but they weren't going to let all the outside audience or the fans just come in. Only the family and friends can come in the VIP section. So we went into the practice, the indoor practice facility and practice is over. My kids are kind of running around on the field. We kind of got some autographs and things like that. And I had my work polo on mm-hmm. and I'm standing beside Josh Hill. Okay. And Josh looks over at me. He's like, you train dogs. I'm like, yeah, I actually do. And I said, I just finished training up the Kelometes and Zach Streeves, you know? And so I hand him my card and we kind of talk a little bit more. They told me what they had and stuff like that. And the, the kids are out there playing. Well, we go to leave and as we're leaving, I'm ta- I'm telling Vana, I'm like, Vana, you got to talk to Josh. I just put in a word. I, I, need, I need some help, you know? And uh, he's like, well, that's his wife right there. So I kind of scoot up to his wife and I'm like, hey, I'm Joseph. I just heard that y'all got a dog and I gave your, your husband my business card. She's like, 
well, we're really looking for somebody to, to, uh, to board the dog while we're gone because we're getting ready to go on vacation. I'm like, that's perfect. I do boarding trains. So I board them with me and then I, I train, I train them, you know? Yeah. And so that became client number three. All right. Okay. And then it just, it went on to Brandon cooks and it started going over to the defense and things like that. And it just continued to grow for us. Oh my you know? goodness. Wow. And um, then it was probably, I don't know, about five or six months into it. I see this was 2016, I guess, no, by, by 2017, uh, Skyline had reached out to me for, uh, Sean's fiance mm-hmm. yeah. and they wanted me to train their two dogs. Okay? okay. And so we did that. And then, um, Skyline messaged me and she says, Joseph, she says, Hey, um, can I give your number to Melanie Loomis? And I'm like, well, yeah, of you know? course. And so then I'm training their brand new dog. You know, they had got a, a new puppy that was coming, you know, um, that they wanted to give their kids for Christmas time. So we spent some time with them. And then Melanie comes to pick up her dog one day and she says, Joseph, are you okay with me giving your phone number to Miss Benson? And I'm like, uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> of so, course. And, you know, Miss Benson had two dogs at the time and I go over their house and spend some time with them. And it's funny that you say this about, you know, about me being the official dog trainer. <laughs> well, I had, um, I'm, I'm there and Mr. Thomas is, is there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and this is before, this is when the Super Bowl was going to be in Minnesota and we kind of got cheated out of the whole thing. Right. 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 So I remember that. I kind of made a comment about going to Minnesota and he's like, the only, the only reason I'll go there, that frozen place is because we're going to the Super Bowl. Right. You know? <gasps> And, uh, and then I said, uh, well, Mr. Benson, I said, uh, you know, what does it take for me to get, I, I made the comment about me, be, me being named the official dog trainer of the saints, because I'd already trained by that time. I already trained. I mean, we're up to what, like at least six or eight people in the organization. Yeah. Oh, yeah six or eight people. And I mean, you know, you know, uh, Sean Payton and, and, and Skyline, they had two dogs, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I'd already had a couple other people that had two dogs. Von Bell had two dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so by that time I'm at like 15 or 16 dogs from the team. And wow. so I say something to him about becoming the official dog trainer. And he just looks at me and gives me two thumbs up and I'm like, <laughs> and that's all I needed. And I'm like, I don't Validation. care if it's on a banner. Completely. I don't care if anybody goes publicly with it. I'm like, I got the man's approval and that's yes. all I needed, you know? Um, so we worked with Miss Benson uh, and her dogs, and then it just kept on and kept on um, to um, uh, to us training, you know, uh, so many of the other players. But then also um, at the start of let's see, this is 2021 now. Um, yeah. At the start of 2018, I get this phone call one day. Okay. Now we had had the privilege of um, players giving, blessing us with tickets and allowing mm-hmm. us to go to the games and we're going to the family rooms. So now I'm becoming the face. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming, oh, that's Joseph. People know you. Oh, okay. he, he's, he trained my dog. So now I'm Tommy Lee Lewis, t- uh, Tyler uh, Davidson, um, Jack uh, Allen at the time. Um, Ashley uh, or um, uh, Andres Pete. I mean, it just it, like the, the numbers chips just kept going, growing and growing and growing, mm. you know? And, um, and so, you know, I, we were becoming family to a lot of these people, you know, yeah. we were getting invited to birthday parties. We were getting invited to a lot of different things. And so, um, but one person I had not had yet was Drew. Yeah. I'm like, I want Drew. And the thing about it is, and this is the power of words, Right. When I first, when Zach first came on board with, um, with us and I trained his dog, I told myself, I says, I want 10% of the team. I want to train 10% of the team's dogs. Okay. And I wanted to train Miss Benson's. I want to train Sean's and I wanted to train Drew's. That was three people that I wanted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because if I felt like I can get those people, I can get anybody on the team. Right. Yeah. And by that time I'd already had Sean's I'd already had, well, you know, fast forward some, then I end up having Sean's, I end up getting Miss Benson's, but I still didn't have Drew's yet. And then one day I get the call from Brittany. Okay. Now these people had heard my name a lot, just constantly because of everybody else sharing and things like that, especially from the Kelometes, just yeah. constantly sharing. So what it we sounds like Senio Kelometes' wife was the major referrer. She was. Yeah. She was. Like you know? once and she started posting about you. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And anytime I had somebody that would call me or message me, 
I would message Sinio and I would message um, Zach Streif. I'm like, hey, man, can you put in a plug for me? I, I could use that extra help, you know, mm-hmm. and they would. They, they, they honorably would, because to me, I wasn't after anything from them. No, no. I wasn't after their money. I wasn't after tickets. I wasn't after a fame or anything. I'm just like, I'm building relationships. Yeah. The you know? power of words. Yeah, so, ab- so okay. Absolutely. You, you get the message from Brittany, then what? Yeah. So then I end up um, working with, uh, working with her. Okay. And working with her, they had three dogs. Okay. Three? And I, oh my gosh. I can't believe I didn't know this. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so um, I end up working with them now, right before all before I got them in 2018, I had, I got a phone call from the, uh, at the time is SMG it's ASM now, but it's the company that runs the dome. Mm -hmm. Okay. And organizes everything. And they're like, we're looking for a company to provide explosive detection dogs out for the games. And so they had contacted a couple people and I went in and interviewed and I got it. I got part of the contract. Okay. So now I'm providing explosive detection dogs for the Superdome. And I was able to, to basically pitch the idea of like, listen, okay, you guys are a little worried about upsetting the players because they, players have a strict routine when they're coming in. I, I mean, you know, I can tell by the look of Sean or Drew's or some of these other guys' faces if they're in the zone already or if they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, I, I, I just because of their routines of coming in, right? And so they were afraid of things taking too long to search these vehicles and upsetting the players and upsetting the routine and things like that. I'm like, listen, guys, I says, I know a lot of these players already. I can be that familiar face. I can set them at ease. I can mitigate a lot of that for you guys. Okay. So they put me at the garage that they enter in. Okay. The side of the garage that they enter in. So now not only am I training some of their dogs, I am now seeing their face and they're seeing my face every single game. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. And I'm building even more relationships. Now I'm meeting family members. I'm meeting the wives and things like that. Okay. And so that's how it ultimately started for us. Um, And then we've actually even been, um, been honored to train um, three of the Pelicans um, players as well. Okay. But it really started off as my first client being Zach and it just like trickled down from there. Wow. There's there's still a few players that I want. There's still some, some people on my, on my bucket list, you know, and um, you know, it's just a matter of time, you know? So some uh, of those players have, you know, moved on or uh, Josh Hill was traded or um, yeah, released and then uh, and signed with the lions, but, but now he's retired. So maybe he'll be coming back uh, to new Orleans. So um, (laughs) they are staying here. Okay. okay. Um, And they actually have a new dog. So, um, so I'm already, we're already scheduled to do that in the near future, you know, Um, uh, you know, but that's, that's the power of relationships. That's the power of building, you know, not only just building a brand and building a business, but taking care of people. You know, and there's plenty of dog trainers in this area. There, there's plenty, and I'm sure there's been people that have gone, some of the players that may have gone to other people, you know, um, even the Calametes had went to somebody else and, you know, they just didn't feel comfortable with it, you know? And, and I mean, that's, the, that's just the nature of running a business. That's just the nature of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I have prided myself in building a relationship with these individuals. And when I say like, you know, and we'll get more into my, the other part of my story, yes, and of their course. actual involvement, but when I say a lot of these people are family to me, they truly are. You that's, know, that, that's and, beautiful. That is beautiful. Right. You talk about building relationships and taking care of people. It's so important to, to show up and show people that you, you really value. It's not just about the transaction. It's about the, the transformation in this case, training their dogs, but no matter right. what, no matter what you're, you're trying to, to sell or, well, um, in your business, it's about the more than just a, 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 a sale. It's a, it's yeah. about the relationship. Absolutely. So, uh, it, you, you mentioned your kids and them getting to come to training camp and go to games. Who, who's their favorite player? You know, um, <laughs> so because we became really close with the Kelometes, yeah. um, and then Zach as well. Um, sure. and even Josh Hill, Josh and Courtney, um, we were always, you know, cheering, we were cheering for everybody, but I would probably say my son at the time was a big Streif and Kelamete fan, 
you know, yeah. and uh, of course we all love brew. Who, who doesn't love Drew, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, but because they had, we had had a picture with Drew at practice and things like that, but we really got to know um, Zach and Cineo um, through the training. And we just fell in love with our dogs because when they would go on vacation or they would go somewhere, a trip is coming up, a game, wife is going, whatever the case is. Well, guess who they called to watch their dog? They called me. Of course. You know, and so, you know, Riley being a, a big old goof of a, a of a great Dane and then Marley just being a playful pit bull, you know, our kids loved them, you, mm-hmm. you know, and um, my kids would, you know, Riley has a, a bet of her own, so to say, you know, and, uh, you know, just a big humongous dog. And so they would lay on the floor with Riley, you, you know, and just. Hey, this is my dog, you know, and oh, we can't let Riley go or, or do the same thing with Marley. And so they that was probably their biggest or their biggest two right there was was cheering for them, you know. Awesome. And now, right. I mean, Zach being back on the coaching staff, if yeah. y'all, if y'all make it to training camp this year, you can obviously see him, see him there coaching, Absolutely. His, coaching the offensive line. And, uh, and what's so crazy about Zach is, you know, Zach has his own, he's co-owner of uh, Port Orleans Brewery. Of, yes. Okay? Yes. Well, his chief operating officer is the gentleman that said to me that I trained their dog that said to me, why don't you start your own business that made the connection with me and Zach? Oh, you know, my, oh my so goodness. it's amazing how just that, that one relationship right there, I was just after to train their dog and build a relationship. He was with a whole different, tra- um, uh, uh, restaurant company at the time. And, but now his wife actually works for me. She's my uh, business partner as well as my office manager. Um, and so it's just amazing how that world has just come around full circle all because of just one individual. It is that is so true. That's such a great point. And so, before we uh, get into your story, Joseph, uh, can you pick? Is there any particular Saints dog who might who you can recall might have had the most radical obedience or training transformation? Um, is that the right terminology? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm trying to think. Um, none of the dogs were like really, really bad, you know, um, a lot of behavioral issues or anything like that. Um, so that that was always a great plus. Um, I spent a lot of time with Miss Benson's um two dogs, her two Yorkies at the time. And and um unfortunately one was killed recently. Um yeah. due to an attack of 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 a um a couple dogs, I think. Mm-hmm. And um the other one was severely injured. Um but I would probably say I spent the most time with Marley, which is the Calamettes, because we were always over their house. And, you know, Marley was just a typical energetic dog. And because of the energy, you know, Marley definitely needed some structure and things like that. And so we were able to spend the biggest time with them and then see the biggest transformation where it wasn't just about the obedience that was needed at the time, but it was about the peace of mind for the Kelemetes that they can walk down their street without being getting looked at oddly because people think that their dog was going to kill somebody else's dog or, or hurt somebody because you got this pit bull dragging them down the leash. Well, yeah. you got a pit bull that's walking calmly and obedient and listening to things, you know, it gave them such not only the power of control, but it also gave them a peace of mind. And so that was probably one of my biggest transformations with, uh, was with Marley. Interesting that, right. That is fascinating. Um, I've never had a dog myself, actually. Um, we never had pets growing up in my family, but Uh hearing, hearing this, hearing these stories, uh, it's, it's just awesome that you've used the power of words, the power of relationships to, to grow your business and become the unofficial, uh, we're going to call it the official. We're going to call it the official. Saints dog trainer, <laughs> Joseph James. But there's a lot more to you. And so yes. I and so I want to get into your story. We met through a podcast mastermind and you have your own podcast called Purpose Through Pain, where you really hold nothing back. All the struggles you went through growing up that even before your wife and your father passed away within 22 days of each other a couple of years ago. Tell us, you know, about your struggles and how you muster the strength to talk about them and use your pain for a greater purpose, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I grew up in a very strong disciplinarian home. Okay, my dad it went to the uh, the point of abuse at times, uh, abusing my mother. Um, spankings became beatings. Okay, and I'm not talking about with just a belt. Um, I mean, I've been hit with boards. I've been picked up by my hair. I've been thrown down on the ground. I mean, just you name it. My it didn't matter to my dad. Okay, that's how he was raised, and that's what he thought he felt like he needed to do. Okay, so in the midst of all that, nothing. My dad pushed us. Okay. But he pushed it to the point of also demeanoring us. And what I mean by that is um, if we would get an A minus in school on our report card at the time, that wasn't good enough. We should have got an A plus. And so it was always this barrage of you're not applying yourself. You're not smart enough. You're not doing the work. And so when you're getting punished for an A minus, what makes you really want to try? Yeah. I mean, it's not, oh my goodness. No, no. And so I just came to the point of like, well, screw it. I get the same punishment if I get a D or an F as I do an A minus. So why try? Mm -mm. And so I sought out for acceptance. I wanted my dad to accept me. Okay. So I became the class clown. I actually graduated high school in the, the lower third of my class, like extremely low. Okay. And But my whole life was based around is I always wanted my dad's approval. It was never, nothing I did was ever good enough. And so I had rejection issues. I had abandonment issues. Okay. I was always seeking the approval of him or other people. And you're like, well, how does that, you know, and and the the crazy thing about that is, is I'm seven, eight, nine years old dealing with that. But yet it carried into me being the age I am now, 42, almost 43 years of age, wow. you know, and I didn't realize it until after my wife passed away that I still had issues when it come to me trying to put myself out there to find somebody to go out on a date with, you know, to start life all over with. And like the moment they said, no, I'm like, oh my God, uh, like, wh- wh- what is this feeling? It, 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 I mean, literally like you talk about anxiety. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I didn't know what to do, but that's, that's how I was raised. That's what I dealt with. So as a very young age, I dealt with the trauma and the pain of rejection, abandonment, you know, seeking approval, um, always looking out, shaming myself, not feeling, you know, uh, worthy of who I was. And, you know, when you, when you get rejected by somebody, okay, then you start, making things up in your mind of why you got rejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I must yeah. not look good enough. I must not look strong enough. I, I, I you know, I, I, my nose must be crazy. And so then we start having, you know, self-confidence. That self-doubt. Issues. Yeah. That self-doubt. You that know? imposter syndrome that yeah, I we live with I, on a absolutely. daily basis. I know I do. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, um, you know, those things carried into on in my life. Now, my mom died in 2005. And at the time, the relationship that my siblings, I have an older sister, an older brother and a younger sister. Okay. So I'm the third child. Um, At the time we hated my dad. We just didn't have a relationship with him, you know? And we wished that when my mom died, we had wished it was my dad. We want, we loved our mom, you know? And, um, and so, but about two weeks after two or three weeks after my mom had passed away, we're at the grave site. And my dad like pulls us aside and he, you know, we're kind of all standing there and he apologizes and asks for our forgiveness of how he treated us as kids. And And so what went through your mind? (laughs) Honestly, I don't know what went through my mind. I was taking back for a second. And I remember all the things that my dad, all the times my dad apologized to my mom, but never changed. Mm -hmm. But I also remember the time that when I went up to my dad and told him that I forgave him for the way he treated us, that he came back and said, not a sorry, not an apology, not okay, son. I, 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 you know, it was, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I'm like, how in the world? What? what? Okay. 
at some point in your common sense brain, you something's got to click to say, you know what? Beating my kids and my wife is just wrong. Something has to click at some point. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? Uh, yeah, so, that, that's but, wrong. Yeah. But when he did it, I've seen my dad cry two times in his life. One when, was when his dad died. Mm-hmm. And then when my mom died. And I knew, I knew that when he said it, I knew it was coming from a place of brokenness. It was coming from a place of humility. My dad was 61 at the time. You know, he was set in his ways. He wasn't going to change for anybody. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he said that, I'm like, you know what? It could be emotional, but I'm going to give my dad a chance. What do I have to lose? And yeah. fast forward into 2019, mm-hmm. uh, 14 years later, my dad died, my best friend. We wow. rekindled such an amazing relationship. All of us, my, my, my two sisters and my brother, all of us today would say two things about my dad. We wished it was him that died when my mom died because we hated him. And then we would all say he died our best friend. That is unbelievable. It, it, it absolutely is. you know. And the last several years of my life, especially, oh my goodness, especially when I started training dogs, okay? And especially when I started getting uh, the Saints players, because my dad would always say, he called me. I was like, have you got Drew's dogs yet? I'm like, no, not yet, dad, but it's coming. I'm standing with you, son. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, you know? And, um, uh, and so what do you he, think he would say now, you know, looking at you and your business and having got, having trained Drew's dogs and looking at how far you've come, what do you think he would say to you now? I, he, He'd be so proud. And he actually, he actually did know um, before he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. I let him know that I was able to get Drew's dogs. You oh, know? That's and beautiful. so he did know that he was ecstatic when I got the Bensons. He was ecstatic when I got coach Payton's, you know, and, um, but he was before he ever passed, he did know that I got uh, Sean's do- or uh, Drew's dogs. And mm-hmm. so, and he would brag about me. And that's something he never did. I remember being in him being in the hospital one time. My, my, I actually felt bad because he was bragging about me more than he was my siblings. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Max. Okay. It's about a Belgian Malinois. That was a a military, a Marine Corps dog, explosive dog um, that ended up producing two movies in Hollywood. Okay. Well, the dog when retired from Hollywood. Okay. um, Went to, went back to the breeder. The breeder gave the dog to a good friend of his. That was also a Marine. Okay. Well, that friend is a friend of mine. And he calls me up one day and he says, Joseph, I got the dog Max, which is his real name is Carlos. Okay. Mm -hmm. As a pet dog. And he needs some in-home obedience. And the only person I can think of was you. And so my dad, I remember my dad being in the hospital and having pictures of me and the dog Max or the dog Carlos, AKA Max for the movie. Okay on his little tray table. And every time a nurse or a doctor would come, he's like, you ever seen the movie, Max, you know, or do you know who Drew Brees is? And he would sit there and talk about how I'm training their dogs. And to know that that was in my dad's mind and heart, man, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. Oh my gosh. That is just just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so yeah, yeah. I knew then I didn't need my dad's approval anymore Mm -hmm. because he was giving to me. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who might be going through a family um, struggles, you know, to rekindle a lost relationship like you successfully did with your father before he passed away? Absolutely. You know, the number one thing is you've got to forgive yourself. It's not even a matter of forgiving the other person yet. Okay. We have to come to the realization, regardless if it's your fault or not. Okay. Forgiving yourself. Because when I forgave myself, the thing about trauma, the end result of trauma is shame. And when you go through any type of trauma, any type of pain, rejection, hurt, abandonment, okay, trauma, let's just call it that, okay, we start finding ways to shame ourselves. Yeah, to begin with, we may point fingers at the other person, okay? But if it's a relationship, when we can't point fingers at the other person anymore, okay, we start pointing back at ourselves. I wish I would have done this. 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 Especially if that person is no longer there. Okay. That we can't ask for forgiveness. 
All right. And you may not be on talking terms with that individual. And unfortunately, that's it happens sometimes. You know, those other people still don't want to talk to you. But number one is you've got to come to a place to forgive yourself. Because if you never come to a place of forgiving yourself, you'll never come to the place of forgiving somebody else. Wow. That is so powerful. Forgive yourself, Joseph. Oh my goodness. And so I would encourage our listeners, I would take this opportunity right now to remind everyone to please add Purpose Through Pain to your podcast library. It is such an amazing podcast. And so I I, want to take the opportunity to uh, talk about the role of that sports can play in, in overcoming pain. Um, for example, I mean, Joseph, you live in the New Orleans area, as we've mentioned. Uh, in 2006, we know the Saints lifted up an entire city from its collective pain. After wow. after Hurricane Katrina, that immediately comes to mind. My my father and I were at the at the game where the Superdome reopened. That's still many people's favorite moment in yeah. the in saints history you know yeah. to to this day so from from your experience your your powerful experience how would you say sports can help people heal in some way so that's a great question so you know we all have to have you know when we go through trauma we go through pain it's it's a built up energy mm-hmm. okay a lot of times we use that energy to go do something Okay. And, and here's the thing. It can turn into depression. Yeah. It can turn into addictions. It can turn into seeking approval. Okay. And for some people, because I I know two, I've, I've interviewed two people on my podcast, one being my brother, when he went through a bad divorce, he turned to cycling as an outlet of energy. Yeah. Because when we don't have an outlet of energy, we start doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Our mind starts to wander because it's applied to nothing. Okay. And when I say nothing, nothing that keeps our mind consumed, except for the thoughts of a divorce or a loss or pain or the trauma. Okay. Another gentleman I interviewed, um, turned to martial arts because he was a, um, he was an alcoholic, severe Mm -hmm. alcoholic. Okay. And he turned to martial arts for it. And so when you have the built up energy sports itself, number one, it can be an outlet for releasing that energy, keeping from depression, keeping mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, the approval and things like that and, and dealing with the pain. And if you think about a sport, whether it's an individual or not, it takes discipline. It takes dedication. The same discipline that you use in learning how to play a sport is the same discipline you use in learning how to cope with life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a player out there in this world, no matter what sport, golf, football, baseball, tennis, soccer, that hasn't gone through some sort of pain to get to where they're at. Okay. Especially on the professional level. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I remember, and I know Zach will be okay with me sharing this, but Streif, I remember talking to him in my driveway and I'm like, okay, what was it that clicked in you? You know? And he's like, it really didn't click in him when he, when he, got a couple, you know, uh, scholarships or when he actually wasn't even, you know, didn't have college scholarships. He went around him and his dad drove around to different colleges trying out. Okay. That's how it worked for Zach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't yeah. like, you know, uh, in scholarships or things like that. And then of course he, he, he was, he was, he was drafted. Okay. And, but he remembers going up and I think it was the second to the last day of camp. And he just thought, man, this is, this is not what I want to do. Uh, everything about this just is horrible. I hate it. It's painful. You know, um, there was not just the physical pain of the tryouts. It was the mental toughness. It was the mental pain of competing against other people, you know, and competing. You're competing against yourself to be better. Okay. And that's ultimately what healing is, is you're competing against yourself. Okay. And when you're doing that, you're finding, you're constantly, it's like, it's like being in a car. We all have GPSs now on our phones, right? Yeah. Okay. We set a destination, right? All right. For Zach, it was, I want to play professional football for the Saints. Okay. But what happens when you get to a certain part of the road and there's a detour? Or let's just say the road's closed and there mm-hmm. is no marked detour. So we start 
moving around. We start driving. And what does the GPS says? Rerouting, mm-hmm. rerouting, make a oh, U-turn, yeah. rerouting. <laughs> and that's what life is about sometimes. It's just nothing but rerouting. Oh, gosh. It's I can not so getting relate. off course. <laughs> it's not getting off course. The objective was Zach was still playing for the Saints. But he is beating himself down. And, uh, and, and as he's picking up pads at the end of the day, a coach walks up to him and says, don't beat yourself down, man. You're doing a better job than you think. And it was just that right there for him. If, if, if my mind serves me correctly, you know, yes. probably, probably, you know, it's not telling the best story, but that was enough for Zach to say in rerouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That is so true. Yeah. That is so true. And that right there. I mean, think about it. Life itself is a sport, right? You talk about the rebirth of the saints of the Superdome, yeah. of the city, mm-hmm. you know, even though they drew up that play, if you've heard the story of Steve Gleason, they <laughs> yes. drew up that play based off of the Falcons defense, right? Mm-hmm. But they had to wait until it was set up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they took that chance time after time, after time, play after play, after play, after play, they were waiting on that. Yeah. Waiting on that punt, waiting on that exact formation. And it will forever be be memorialized in, it, it in will, state's history. You know? It will symbolize rebirth, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a constant, we're waiting on it to happen. Mm-hmm. Keep on plugging in. Keep on competing for that one spot. Yeah. Keep on. You know, for that to happen, think about this. For, for that to happen, just that series of, of, of plays, we had to have three strong defensive drives. First down, second down, and third down, mm-hmm. because we would have never forced the fourth down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant push. It's a constant drive. It's a constant, I'm going through this and I'm going through this and I'm going through this. It's the constant pushing past your pain. It's a constant pushing past your trauma. It's a constant competitiveness of your own self. Right. I mean, how often do we see football players? play through injury, you know, Drew Brees did that uh, <laughs> this season, you know, his, yeah. fi- his final season yeah. playing through a multitude of, of physical injuries. Yeah, so absolutely. right. Absolutely. Right. But I loved what you said. Healing is competing against yourself to be better. I'm going to put that, I'm going to put that on the wall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that was awesome. I could I could literally sit here and talk to you for hours on my on my toughest days. I'm going to I'm going to keep you on speed dial, Joseph. Yeah. You were just such an inspiration and this off season, it's a good time for us to take a step back and be a little introspective and think about bigger things yeah. while also you know that also happen to have a tie to absolutely in a way, you and know. You know the, the, the thing about a sport is this right here? And I want to add this in there because this was really important to me and what I was going through. When my wife was diagnosed with, with cancer, okay, mm-hmm. it was right after our, the birth of our third child, okay, and she was, she's at the age of 36, just delivered a baby, you know, and her birth mother actually died pretty much the same way. At the age of 36, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. They found it the day that my wife was born. Three months later, she passed away. Okay. So now my wife is 36 years of age, just delivered a baby. And six weeks later, finds out she has stage four colon cancer. Okay. And this is the power of a sport, right? This is the power of a team. This is the power of connectivity. Okay. My connection with the Saints, there wasn't a time that didn't go by that as a team collectively, okay, the wives had Bible study every week. And because of our friendship, with the Calamantes, mm-hmm. okay, they would mention us in prayer every single time they had the women would meet the, the coaches' wives and, and, and girlfriends and things like that would meet, or the players' wives and stuff would meet, okay? And so our name, our family became part of them. It's like we were brought on the team. Mm. That okay? gives me chills. And yeah. When my wife passed away, I had players show up to the funeral. To the funeral? No. Oh, my goodness. Now, if that doesn't show y'all what, how the Saints are more than just athletes, you know, yeah. they're, they're part of the fabric of the community. Yeah. Like, I mean, right there. Miss Benson sent, sent us stuff. 
you know, um, and because the funeral was out of town, the funeral was three hours north of Norwich, and I had players drive up there. Sure did. Wow. I had players show up, you know, um, I had uh, the Breeze family, uh, the Loomis family, they sent um, flowers and condolences. I mean, you know, there was even, you know, financial blessings and gifts to help us out with things. Things I didn't ask for. Mm-mm. I didn't ask one thing from any of those people, you know, but it's the power of the relationship. It's the power of the team. Because here's the thing about a team. The power of a team is that when one person is hurt, somebody else is able to jump in there. Mm-hmm. And see, when I, it started off as dog training. It started off over a dog. Mm-hmm. But I became part of the team. I became part of the family. And so when I was hurting, they were hurting too. And I would have people, you know, the, the, the bomb dog contract is going on and they're driving through and they're asking me, I remember time after time after time, Thomas Moore said, man, how's your wife doing? Mm-hmm. And is there anything we can do for you guys? His wife, same thing. How's your wife doing? Oh, they're great people. We can do for you guys? Yeah. Josh Hill. I mean, Von Bell guys that didn't even really know my wife all that well. Okay. And some of the wives that I didn't even know that well, you know, uh, Craig Robinson's, uh, uh, Ted Ginn Jr.'s. I mean, all these different people asking me, how's your wife doing? Because they felt it, you know, because we were family. We were part of the team. Right, right. That's unbelievable. And just yeah. shows just shows that you really were part yeah. of the team, part of the family. That's yeah. that's that's awesome. And I'm just so happy that you were able to to share your story with with us today. So we I, I always end every episode with some rapid fire questions, the random round. <laughs> I know you're All familiar right. with it. So uh, if you're ready, I will yep. start with Question number one, what one tip, Joseph, would you give dog owners who want to train their dog, but don't know where to begin? Yeah. So that's a good one. Um, you got to make me think on that now. <laughs> I got to switch my mindset from uh, the podcast know, to uh, yeah. the dog training. What's one tip? Um, all right. So when you're seeking out somebody, okay, um, we all want credibility, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to know that somebody has done something. So look at the proof in the pudding, okay? Don't look at just who they trained, okay? But look at what they're offering. Look at what they can show, what they've done with other people's dogs, okay? Got it. Find somebody that's going to help them through their problems because here's the thing. If you call me right now and ask me for, uh, you know, hey, I really need to help training my dog. You won't stop running out the door. I'm going to tell you how to get them to stop running out the door. I'm not even worried about making a sell. I want to invest in you mm-hmm. because it let's starts just say, with, yeah, it starts with you, adding value. You got yeah, to add value, value first. Mm-hmm. I'm adding value. So uh, is these people going to add value to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. My, one of my dog training mentors, when I talk to him, he's like, yeah, man, look up this guy. He's really good. I think you'll really like him. And I'm like, the fact that you didn't brag about yourself turned me on to you. <laughs> I love that. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes a little less self-bragging is yeah. <laughs> will, will help you in the long run. Yeah. Look for the videos of what you're having issues with with your, your dog. If you have an aggressive dog, look for somebody that's trained aggressive dogs, not mm-hmm. just somebody that trains dogs. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You know, okay. If, if you're looking for a service dog training, look for somebody that trains in service dogs. And then, hey, look, can I see your product? Mm-hmm. Can I have some of your clients' information so I can reach out to them? That's, that's my advice. Great. All right. You, so you've had a lot of different professions from your law enforcement to, to dog training, to podcasting now, but what profession other than your own would you most like to attempt? Ooh, that I've never attempted before. Right. Mm, Let's see. Um, (laughs) um, I've never attempted before. I would probably, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be a stunt pilot or what. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I love flying. I'm actually okay. learning. To, I'm learning to fly. I'm getting my private pilot's license. So I would probably back it up some years and um, I'd probably own my own uh, uh, jet company. I have like jets, private jets that could uh, nice. uh, carry around high profile individuals. Nice. All yeah, right. That's what I do. <laughs> How about what is a sports venue that you would most love to visit? Ooh. Um, in baseball, I would probably say 
Wrigley Field. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Several people have said that. Yes. And on the awesome. football side of things, ooh, um, I would probably want to say Lambeau Field. Okay. Love it. Love Lambeau that. Lambeau Field. Well, the Just, Packers it, will be coming here week one. I know. I know. So, <laughs> can't wait for um, that. What is a food you could not live without? <laughs> Pizza. Pizza. All right. That one, that one, that one, uh, came to mind so easily for you. Oh yeah. And and listen, (laughs) what's so funny is like when I said earlier about the, uh, the Calamettes, Mm -hmm. we loved pizza and we would always try to find different pizza joints, you know, and be like, Hey man, I heard about this pizza place. Let's go check this place out. And next two days later, Hey man, I heard about this pizza place. And you know, we do it all the time. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Name a role model who impacted your life. Ooh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm going to say my brother. Uh, my brother's name is Michael James. Michael um, James. He actually is in the North Georgia area, owns his own remodeling company, builds houses to, uh, and does uh, remodeling. And he has probably been the biggest role model for me. There's other people that have spoken to my life, other people that I've gained knowledge from, things like that. But in terms of being a role model, I watched him be have the typical... I've got a great family. Everything's happy. I've got kids, got the happy life, happy wife, happy home, all that good stuff. Right. And I watched it all collapse on him. Mm-hmm. And I watched him go through a horrible divorce, lose properties during the 2008 economy collapse, lose business, and then watch him become just a transformational individual to where, you know, since then he has a phenomenal relationship with his ex-wife. And her husband, okay, because mm-hmm. um, she's remarried, he's not. And then he has a phenomenal relationship with his kids. And I'm not just talking about this is my dad and that's my kid, is as in what they do together, how they've learned from each other, how they've been able to mm-hmm. teach each other as a man and as a father. And then I watched him grow his business. Um, mm-hmm. He's doubled his business every year since 2008 economy collapse. And then also just the, the words that he spoke to me after my wife died. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where I would call him up and crying at times, sometimes not crying. He said, Joseph, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not right or wrong. Just do it. Oh, You'll figure so, out the right or wrong later. So inspiring. Yeah. Wow. And, and, he, uh, and he was just on your podcast. So we'll, yeah. we'll, li- we'll link up that episode uh, in, the, in the show notes as well. Absolutely. And final question, pre- any, any shot at a prediction for how the saints are going to fare? next season. Ooh, that's a tough one. I um, know. Or, or if you don't want to do that, you no, could. No, no you, that's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. We're playing more games this year now, right? 17. Yeah, years. I know. So it's weird to, to do. do yeah. It's weird to do the, the, to have the number, the win loss totals add up to 17. 12 and five. 12 and five. Okay. I, I think Saints fans would like to hear I'm that. going with a strong 12 and five. If it was a new coach and a new quarterback, I'd be like, uh, maybe, you know? maybe hovering yeah. around the, the 500 mark, but yeah, no, but, nobody's uh, going to be 500 anymore though. That's weird. Right. It <laughs> won't have to be. get used to that. And finally, Joseph, where can listeners connect more with you? Absolutely. So our podcast is called purpose through pain. It's on the platforms of Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon music. That's one way that they can definitely listen um, another way that they can actually connect with me is through Instagram. Uh, my Instagram name is meet Joseph James, J O S E P H last name is James J A M E S meet Joseph James. That's a great way. I'm on social media. I, I'm on Facebook. Um, my, my, my name, um, professional canine solutions is my dog training company. So there's definitely avenues, but you know, it won't ever hurt. I answer all my social media. Uh, myself. Um, I check it all myself. So meet Joseph James. Love to be able to hear questions from you guys, things that you may be struggling with, um, because it's my it's my heart and my purpose to invest in other people and to help them find their purpose through pain. Absolutely. And then clearly it all starts with relationships. We've yes. talked about the power of words and taking care of people. And I, your first client was Zach Streif. That's where, where it all started. And the saints have really just been an extension of your, of your family, your, your support system through your toughest times. And it's been remarkable 
hearing your story. And again, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it just as much as I have. Be inspired by it. And please add the Purpose Through Pain podcast to your weekly podcast routine. Joseph, thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. I have, it's been such an honor and um, I've enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Black and Gold Rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, who dat?